You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. <laughs> you think yourself to be the co-host, huh? I'm the true co-host. And we all know two co-hosts shouldn't host the same movie podcast. Wait, that doesn't, that doesn't really make sense. Hold on, let me just, let me just check the prophecy here. Friends should do a movie podcast. You shouldn't have a podcast if you just made your roommate laugh once. Okay, that's, I, I mean, this prophecy sucks. I, I, um, anyway, look, it's okay. I, I guess this one time, despite us from being from different schools of podcasting, I think for just this one chance, we can have a truce and do an episode about, I don't know, some movie we both coincidentally watched recently, I guess. I guess. Well, we can just. The important thing is to know that this isn't a podcast; it's an execution. <laughs> Which seems like something they should have written in the original rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that to be the funniest loophole I've ever seen in my life. As if like just killing someone doesn't count as fighting. <laughs> no, no, it's not a fight. I just shot him in the face. Just because he didn't win doesn't mean it's still not a fight. Cut to the judge. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's broken the whole system. <laughs> loophole <laughs> it's not murder judge i just shot him <laughs> just an execution well he's got us there guys executions are legal in this state uh we watched in case you're unaware uh we watched i would say the cult classic but i can't imagine although i'm sure there's some guy on imdb this is his favorite movie but uh we watched the live action version of the anime, which was based on the manga, Fist of the North Star. Yeah, it, 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 it's a cult film in the sense that cults are often secretive and no one's heard of them. And they and they exist only to, to cause pain to others. It's a cult film in the sense that, like many cults, it ends in a suicide pact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, um... This was a choice film. I mean, we we do a whole spectrum of movies here on Not Another Origin Story. From big Marvel blockbusters, full of... It, it is weird to think we went from, like, Endgame. Right. A, a, you know, a masterfully written and produced film to a movie that looks like me and you made it in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the movie is like an epic billion-dollar franchise, like, full of stars and interesting writing uh, and and bold choices. Sometimes it's just sort of a VFX fart in the wind that also costs a billion dollars. Um, and then sometimes it's just sort of like a mediocre Jonah Hex style film. And then sometimes, sometimes we have something that would only exist to be something you pulled out of a bargain bin DVD section at Best Buy and went, huh, at... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, this is like the type of movie you only make when you find out that they're selling the original props from Mad Max for stupid cheap. Like, you just found them in a dumpster. You're like, yeah, wait a minute, I could make a movie. If you tried to buy this DVD at the time that it came out, the cashier would just like be like, you can have it. It's fine. <laughs> it, it would help I, us if you took it. I feel like this couldn't even have been a direct-to-video because I can't imagine anyone would have made it. <laughs> like no video like they would have recorded one and been like you don't want us to keep making these do you this is such a fascinating movie because i did do some research beforehand and it did come out in japan uh but it was dubbed in the original 
like Japanese Which... by the original voice actors of the anime. And I found some clips on it. I highly recommend that if you're listening to the episode and you're curious what I'm talking about, if you just look up Fist of the North Star movie Japanese, you'll find it on the right away. It's awesome because it's it's these like boring English muscle bound actors, but they're they're dubbed over with that powerful like like <laughs> Kenshiro like voice, and it's so much better mixed in with all the Bruce Lee you know yeah, high pitch punch noises. <laughs> It's I feel like releasing this in Japan is the second mm. worst thing we've ever, I guess, maybe third, <laughs> if we're counting the two A-bombs as separate events. I feel like this is the third worst thing America's ever done to Japan. Jesus Christ. And I mean, it would be first had we not, you know, had that not happened. This must have been so sad for someone, you know, because this would have come out pre-internet, you know, pre-most, you know, easy ways to re- review it. So if you were a huge fan of the anime, which was... A bit of a sense, I would say a sensation in Japan when it was out. I feel um, like, too, it, it's like Fist of the North Star, Ghost in the Shell, Cowboy Bebop. They're like, there's certain animes that everybody, you know what I mean? Like, even if you don't watch anime, especially like when I was in high school, like Fist of the North Star, which is like, oh, you, you watch anime? You had to have seen Fist of the North Star. Right, right. Ghost in the Shell, Gogo 13. You know, there was just like certain anime that came over because we didn't get it all. You know, like, it's not like now where it's like. Did you watch that anime about, like, the food that comes to life and makes love to people and they're in a contest to see? And you're like, what? Uh, you know, it was only, like, the pinnacles, like Akira and shit. So I feel like Fist of the North Star was that, because I knew it, I thought I had seen it. But after Ben sent me some clips of the anime, I had not seen it. I don't know what movie, I, what anime I watched, but it was not this one. Yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, Be My Buffet Sensei and I'll Be the Leftovers, and it's pretty good, um, but but uh, that, that's the anime you were referencing just a second ago. Um, probably, to be honest, there's some anime about this woman who makes food, and when people eat her food, it makes them want to have sex with it or something. I don't know. Somebody at work was trying to explain it to me at my old that, job, and that I sounds, was just like, what are you that talking sounds about? ridiculous. I, I want to get rid of that. It was on, like, Netflix. You know what? Give me that, like, they had, like, Crunchyroll or some shit. Give me, <laughs> give me the name of that. Regular... Give me the name of that so I can avoid it. I don't want to. I don't want to see that anywhere. Now, do they sell it on Blu-ray? Because I want to be outraged. <laughs> um, but this is such a fascinating adaptation because I mean, Fist of the North Star. Yeah, certainly it has some awareness, but I don't know if in '95 it would be broad enough of an appeal to like land for audiences, even if it had been done well. Like, was there really an this audience? Does, for this Fist of North does Star? seem like an insane. Because, like, it's, you have it's to. It's a figure, gambit. It's a real gambit. Because it's, it's like, like I said, even if it was, like, an anime people would have heard of, we're still talking about, like, a me, like, a nerd in the, like, 90s. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm, like, saying, like, I never. I didn't read comic books and I knew when Fist of the North Star. You know what I mean? Like, I only knew because I went to a comic book store and, you know, they would have anime and manga and stuff. It is, yeah, it was just very weird. But I mean, like, the, the studio that made it was called Oversea Films, which was not a, like, when that logo came up, I was like, this probably isn't great. This is made, like, in Romania or, like, some country where life is very cheap. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I, it's, it's, I don't know who this guy is, the main actor. He's fucking terrible. But, like, oddly, you know, they paid you know- for Malcolm McDowell, who I assume, I mean, he had to be kind of famous back then still. The, the lead here is certainly rough, but I gotta give him credit, man. I mean, he does not phone in a performance here. I mean, he throws himself at this role pretty aggressively. But here's the problem. He looks like a doofus. Yeah. And, like, his his mode of, like, trying to be tough is putting his head lower than his shoulders. Like, he, like, raises his shoulders and crunches his head down, which just makes it look like you have a back problem. 
You know, I mean, it's not a very menacing stance to be like, my shoulders are too high. It's, <laughs> I don't know. He, I, everybody, the villain, the main villain and this guy are both competing for, like, worse haircut. Like, th I, I didn't look when this movie came out, but I assume it was, like, in the era where, like, Lethal Weapon came out and Mel Gibson had, like, that giant mullet. You know, that was, like, a lion's mane as a haircut. I, because these people have awful hair. Just the worst. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it, my real takeaway, guys. No, but also I was thrown off because when the villain first appears, uh, I thought he looked pretty cool, and I was like, "Oh, this this Kenshiro looks this is a pretty good." I mean, I know I know that they could have cast literally anyone of perhaps the largest population continent, like because of uh, obviously a little more accurate. But um, oh, you mean the fact that this movie has one Asian person in it? Yeah, oh, two. yeah. It I, I is Rufio Asian? I, I don't, don't I don't know no. his uh background. Um uh he uh uh but but <laughs> I thought the original guy was pretty cool looking. Um and so I he was He looked like, alright, oh, but yeah, but then all right, Ken Shearer, yeah. And then then uh, then he killed Mal Malcolm McDowell, who by the way dies right away. In uh, I will say this, Malcolm McDowell a montage. was was bought for max 2 days. They filmed him sitting down in front of a green screen, I'm pretty sure. And then just gave him lines to read. And then they were like, you're done. And he was like, great, mail me the check. Because <laughs> he like <laughs> appears in the beginning of the movie. He appears in a flashback in which he's wearing the exact same outfit and sitting the exact same way. And then he just reads the opening very long exposition. Oh my god, But then there's no more voiceover for the rest of the movie. Which is really weird, because especially at the end, I was like, oh, he's going to come back and be like, and then Kinshiro, like, you know, save the world with his seeds and blah, blah, blah. But it, nope, movie just ends, like, really abruptly. <laughs> yeah, it is It is pretty astonishing, because, yeah, when they do finally reveal, you know, after the Malcolm McDowell death scene, uh, the, who actually is Kinshiro, I'm like, yeah, he looks less like I had hoped he was going to look. Now, no doubt, that dude, that dude, that dude buff. Pokes no, that, dude, he was, that, that dude ripped as fuck. <laughs> he was not that ripped, but yeah, he was definitely pretty ripped, especially by like 90s standards. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Not like now where like people like don't drink water for six mm. weeks. Um, But this movie took fucking ages to get going. Um, And then uh, I'll have this... to admit, doesn't get going. <laughs> yeah, this, this was definitely a movie that I feel like somebody wrote and then they turned it in and they were like your script's only 40 pages and they're like well how long is the movie script supposed to be and they're like 90 and he was like oh can you guys just stretch out scenes where nothing happens just film people looking off in the distance for a while and the director was like yeah i, I got you because so much of this movie nothing happens there's like a a scene in the middle where the this gang is like beating up this village it's like 10 minutes long. I fast forwarded through it after a while. Cause I was like, this is, and it's not like it's exciting or good. It's just various shots of guys dressed like Mad Max villains. Also pushing people onto the ground and occasionally hitting them with what I think was a croquet bat. Also way less actual martial arts fighting. Um, I, yeah, to call this a martial arts movie is really just, there's barely any. And what's bizarre is that what makes fist of the North star different from, I don't know any of the like the like the '90s martial arts schlock that we like like dumped into the sewers from Hollywood, uh, uh, like Hollywood Boulevard. 
Like, this has less than most of those movies, and it's based on a property that is known for this exceptional, like, technique with explosion, like, bodies exploding and, and, and all kinds of, of absurd costumes. And we get in fucking none of that. Like, the beginning has one sequence, which is, I mean... It, the, the opening sequence, I thought... Okay, one. The movie starts with Malcolm McDowell sitting down, and the bad guy, Lord Shin, comes in. And Malcolm McDowell starts off narration, and immediately I was like, oh, I'm not going to follow the plot of this at all. He walks in and he says, it's been prophesized, or it's the rule that North Star will not fight Southern Cross. And he's like, this isn't a fight, it's an execution, and then just shoots him. Which is an amazing way to start a movie to kill the only actor, like the only A-name actor yeah. you've got. But the thing I thought was the most insane uh, was after all this, I, I just completely lost my train of thought, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, what were we talking about? Uh, I, I just saw something on my monitor about one of the <laughs> actors and I was like, what the fuck? And it made me lose my entire... Oh, well then they introduce Kenshiro in a bizarre scene where he just like comes to stay with a couple of people, which is also the start of this movie has like every late eighties, early nineties actor that was in like bizarre films is in it. Like Chris Penn's in it. Tracy Walter, who's the the thief from the Conan movies is Uh in it. Rufio is in it from hook. Clint Howard. Julie Brown is in it. Downtown Julie Brown. Clint fucking Howard. Yeah, Clint For Howard is in it. Uh, I By think the way, Van Peoples' brother is in it, if I'm reading this right. They also but, def- definitely had Clint Howard for just one day. Because yeah, again, there. yeah, another person who was just like, he was there like on set to pick up a royalty check, and they're like, you want to be in this? He was like, you got $75. Right. Um, but they introduce Kinshiro, and a guy goes up to the door, and he punches through the door. And the guy turns to face the camera. And like in an army of darkness where ash's face is like stretched out his jaw is like super far over to the right and he like tries to pull it like he tries to pull it back and then falls over and i was like what the fuck he then proceeds to punch a guy spin him around and punch him so hard in the back that his rib cage explodes inside of his body did you notice that yeah yeah that guy somehow is still alive. I didn't figure that one out. Later in the movie, he's laying on the ground and he like steps on his head. I'm like, that guy's definitely dead. He then does the famous Fist of the North Star technique where the person like explodes. And they show this guy and his head like it's real weird afterwards and it like explodes. And I was like, oh shit, this movie's gonna be bonkers. Like this movie's gonna be way better than I thought. It never happens again. Yeah, that is that is this movie. <laughs> I think maybe one more time it happens. That is and later he beats people crime. by kicking them in the chest once. And I was like, what a disap like people should have been exploding left and right, like in the anime. Yeah, if this was if this was a fucking body horror like martial arts well, movie like, where every time someone's touched by a fist, like parts of their anatomy just like unfurl and explode, this would have been the coolest thing to watch. Like just imagine like that really boring scene at the end where he's like going to fight the bat the head bad guy and he's oh. like going through beating people up every time he hit a guy who then just fell off camera and never stood back up if as he fell backwards blood just geysered out yeah some part i don't care what part of his body just any part of his body just a fountain of blood if that just was happening the whole time it would have made up for the fact that it genuinely looked like me and ben choreographing a kung fu fight scene like like i kick you jump backwards because whoever filmed it you could tell they're not connecting 
Cronenberg this movie. Yes. Because if like... you want, if you dig up any sequences of Fist of the North Star, it's always Kenshiro, Stoneface, walking towards a guy 16 times his size, dressed yes. in, a pur- in a purple gladiator outfit, who says, you're not tough enough. And then he, like, punches him in, like, the shoulder blade, and his arm goes flying off like a rocket. It's yeah, the you best say it's like thing a in the world. Yeah, usually it's like a bunch of underlings run at him. <laughs> Kenshiro doesn't appear to move. They fly off and then implode. <laughs> That, and again, yeah, even if you wanted to save money, like Pogue said, and just, just pop some blood bags off screen. Yeah, that, just, just as a guy falls backwards, you just see a geyser shoot out, like, at the end of uh, Sanjiro. But if you look, you know, just, like, sprays it, it, across, and you're just like, what the fuck? If you look up that Fist of the North Star dub, you will get that sequence we mentioned, which was just, yeah, like, jaws deforming, like, chest exploding, the guy's and, and head that, bubbling I was, up. I was, I was looking forward to this movie. So looking forward to that, and that is the end of it. The rest of the movie is essentially um, uh, sad refugees, criminals that I guess just kind of run and go <laughs> and push people over because that seems yes. like they're not like taking the water. Um, it's implied that maybe that they're sexually assaulting people, but they seem to just be like shoving people over, shooting the occasional person, well, and going. The, <laughs> the first time the gang showed up. They literally just drove in and shot uh, just random people and then drove away. The people didn't fight back. They just got killed. Why did you leave? Why didn't you just take the water then? Like, their initial plan was they just drove in with motorcycles, shot a handful of people, then just drove away, went back and told their boss, we can steal their water. What the fuck? Why didn't you just steal it? This is the apocalypse. Bullets are not everywhere. So when yeah. you when you go on a raid with all of your guns, the purpose would be that you would come back with something more valuable than bullets. You know, as in like their ample water supply that sat unguarded in the center of their village. Which let's also after the attack, it starts to rain, which maybe I assume that's what drove them off. And it's I assume acid rain. acid rain. Yeah. Yes, and they say, "Quick, cover the water." And they pull a tarp over it. If you live in a world where the rain is poison and you have a big thing of water, why haven't you built a roof over it? You have buildings all around. Why are you like leaving it like as a well in the middle of a town? I was just like, what the fuck? You guys deserve to have your food taken. Yeah. yeah. And this is the location where apparently we're going to spend the majority of the film for some reason. They filmed this whole thing. I looked it up on, on like a series of sets. There are no actual location shots in this movie. Um, which makes sense because what what constantly happens in this movie is someone looks like they go like two feet out of a scene to like another part of like the town that's like let's just like around the corner and it's supposed to be miles and miles away. Like I liked when Kenshiro shows up, like saves a blind girl from blindness, I guess, and then like leaves yes. and he goes to what looks like some remote location. Which is like a bunch of like standing stones that are just cars and like meditating. I was like, oh, he must have left town and he's at some sort of strange place. And then just like, it turns out he's just next to some abandoned fairground on the edge of their weird village. And I'm like, where? Who? Yeah, when they showed up at the fairground, I was like, wait, you're telling me the apocalypse broke out and there was like a circus going on? And it's still like in good shape. Everything else is like burned out, but like the monkey cage he hides in is still painted pristine red. It's like a massive fairgrounds. Like where was this? This took place in Gotham, which as far as I understand is littered, is lousy with old fairgrounds. 
based on my experience of those films and, and comics. Um, yeah, I, I, every scene seemed to happen 10 feet from the previous scene. There is no sense of scale, you know. This movie at times reminded me of, like, Waterworld because everyone had very similar costumes. And the plot is essentially the same, which is that there's, like, a but big mean guy. I think a couple guy. of actors might also be in Waterworld. Yeah, <laughs> there's just, like, a big mean guy who's, like, being mean to the, like, the poor, the poor struggling, like, survivors. And then the hero reluctantly shows up and kicks their ass and that end of the movie. Like, we usually... We usually summarize these movies and these episodes and we have to like, oh, go, oh but then there's this, oh, but then there's this. But re- really the plot is just that Kinshira has a brother who is a dick who he ultimately punches. And then Wait, that, that's his actual brother? Man, I guess I really so. did not follow this movie. And that's essentially the movie. It's really confusing because one of them... Also... It's like the North Star and one is the South Star, so I don't know how they're... Southern brother, Cross. Southern Cross, yeah. Which, which are like constellations. Yeah, but here's the thing that confused me. When he shoots the original Malcolm McDowell, who's the original fist in the North Star, if I understood it correctly, he shoots and kills him. He is in like a post-apocalyptic dojo. So had the world already... Because I thought it was supposed to be when that guy took over, the world fell into an apocalypse. Or did it already happen? And for some reason, the only thing holding back the apocalypse was a bunch of different schools of martial arts so based on the I could, original, his his description at the beginning made zero i could not follow one thing no it doesn't make any sense based on the original which they surprisingly like attempted to 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 replicate in a few places um uh essentially you know a, a, a following world war three the the world is mad max apocalypse you know society is crumbled there's no centralized anything it's just bands of survivors and refugees and bandits. Um, and in, in the, the fu- ashes of that world, some martial arts, like, groups form and, like, samurai sort of, like, roam the landscape, you know, being either evil or good at their own volition and otherwise, you know, gathering power. Um, and generally, I think it implies that the North Star is, like, a good society and, like, the South Cross is a bad uh, but yes, in the OG series, he has like a bunch of brothers and they're always, oh, he's always running into them and having fights. And um, and yeah, there is sort of a, the first major sequence is that he is beaten by the the leader of the South Cross, like so so badly he dies. And then he has to like practice and become even better and then go challenge him again after he takes his love, love, love interest. So like that, that plot line is clearly what they used to get to I'll this I'll be honest movie. too. I thought at one point when they were going on, I was like, did he just take over the world so he could try to score with this guy's girlfriend? They are essentially... That's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like that was the only reason he killed him was to get this girl. They are like essentially... Um, like uh uh what's his immortan joe you know style like just just yeah. just gangs that formed in the in the ashes of the old world and 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 took over it and they're all and they're all rapist assholes is generally the vibe from both the show and this movie they all just sort of sneer cackle and like assault children for fun um that is the vibe i mean nothing encapsulates like how like what we were just talking about how worthless these like like villains are at actually being like believable villains is that the first time that they actually attack anyone is just clint howard on a motorcycle just driving through a village of like just... withered old people and firing a revolver at them indiscriminately and like half the people he kills are just like unarmed women just, yeah like, yeah this isn't, like this <laughs> they're not really threatening they're just douchebags like 
And I love that also, shortly after that sequence, we cut to the, the main bad guy, Lord Shin, who is in charge of these people and who dispatches them and who is orchestrating all of this. And he's with this woman that he's kidnapped who um, was originally, you know, uh, uh, you know, betrothed to, uh, to Kinshiro. Um, and he's like, I'm not like a bad guy. Once you, under- once you understand and find a way to love me, I'm like, that would work if you were just sort of like... Uh, if you were like go mess it, murder those peasants and steal yeah, their water. If if you were like living in a closed society and you refused to like help people because you f- were worried that it would like collapse the people you protect, and you're like, I have to be an asshole to to survive. You know what I mean? That's like an arguable position. But you're like, I just send Clint Howard in with a revolver to shoot grannies for my lap for laughs. Did they get any food or water? No, but they had fun just like raping people. So. That's worth something. Anyway, can we fall in love? Like, I don't even know what they're attempting there. Like, there's no discussion to be had here, my friend. Like, it also feels like it's been a few years. It's like, bro, if you haven't been able mm. to win her over by now, it's probably not going to happen. You yeah. know what probably hurts your chances? Murdering her boyfriend. Yeah, probably. That's a hard one to overcome. And it wasn't just like you, you, you challenged him in a fair fight. Like, you showed up with, like, a gang after, like, shooting his dad. <laughs> you showed up with a gang and, like... And like and like pinned him to like a wall and then like put your fingers in him, <laughs> which was fucking weird. Were those it was really weird? Were those spots there before and then they like? No, like I, I think he was. I think it was supposed to be he was doing that to him, but I don't know. Did you, Maybe uh, not. Maybe he was actually putting. I. I I'll be hey. honest. They were real lax on what the Fist of the North Star was. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what super I mean. Unclear. Other than the fact, apparently, they're not supposed to fight Southern Cross. Hey, that was all I got. Fun fact: uh, when he shows up at the beginning, and like they kind of show his like torso, and you kind of see those like like weird circles that are supposed to be Wait, like just like somebody put nicotine patches on his chest. Yeah, yeah. You want to know what those are? You want to know what those are? What? Those are unrolled condoms. Oh, that, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that was that showed up somewhere in some interesting trivia. Some S, 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 SFX guy says, my, my nickname on set was Condom Man. Because oh, I had to keep a clever name. reaffixing them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why couldn't he just been, like, a nickname was Johnny, you know? There's a lot of better... Yeah, you know. call him Johnny Cap or something. <laughs> um... But, you know, this movie tries to... Like, like Fist of the North Star as uh, anime slash manga also had, um, I guess what you call, like, what I would call, like, the Terminator kids. You know how in all the Terminator cartoons, there was just, like, two children off to the side going, whoa, as, like, Terminators fought, and they offered nothing to the plot or, like, helped in any conceivable was way. Was there a Terminator cartoon? Oh, uh, sorry, I meant Transformers is the word I Oh, was. okay, I was gonna say, I was like, holy shit, there was a cartoon the based word. on Terminator? I call them the Transformers kids. Like, the, like you know how there's always, this, yeah. always just, like, two orphan Random children humans. who just sort of stand off to the side and don't engage in a fight and just go, wow. You know, that was, like, what these two kids did, Rufio and this uh, other well, actress. And, uh, and we need to talk about, like, here's where I was like, oh, shit, they, they're not, nobody wrote this movie. No. Like, some producer was like, yeah, I bought the rights to Fist of the North Star, gave it to an intern, was like, read this manga, and then just write me the key events that happened. And the guy did. And then he just gave it to somebody else and said, put dialogue in this outline. (laughs) And the guy was like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on, and did it. Because at one point, Rufio is, for some reason, at a carnival because he's chasing after Kenshiro after he cured this girl of blindness, which 
they describe as she's gone blind because of PTSD, not because she's literally blind. And he somehow cures that by pressing a pressure point. Not really how mental illness works. Uh, but he chases after him. And then he says, hey, we need you to come back to what what they call it, like Paradise Valley. Because yeah. this gang's coming. And Kinshira's like, no, I've got business to the south. And Rufio's like, well, I'll come with you. And we, I owe you one, blah, blah, blah. And then just gives up on trying to get Kinshira to go back to Paradise Valley. And forgets all about the fact that, that his sister's there. And a gang is coming to rape and murder everyone. <laughs> and, like, seems to not bring it up no. again. He and forgets. then when he does... He only brings it up when Kinshiro hears that girl screaming because he opened her eyes for some reason. He can hear her yell now. And then it's like, we have to go back. Rufio completely forgot he had a sister for like 15, 20 minutes of this movie. And he's supposed to be comedy relief. But again, oh, he is rough. At every and sequence. I like Rufio. All right. Yeah. Everybody yeah, loves for Rufio. real. Um, also, is it, I did, did forget. A- anybody who's listened it. to our podcast. Yeah. I did forget about Rufio. Go I- ahead. <laughs> I did forget that you just mentioned that it is called Paradise Valley, which is a... Is that a joke? Is that irony? Are they just doing a bit? Because, I mean, like, it, 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 it sounds... Was, it was weird. I was like, is that a real place? It, like, sound, real it sounds like a salad dressing, but I wouldn't want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see marinating a steak in that. Um, <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that that out there is for people who love references to TV shows that me and Ben have seen. <laughs> if you're not that person, rough break. That joke's not going to make any sense. Um, but let's talk about uh, some of the villains that appear in this movie because there's there's a couple of recurring uh, uh, henchmen of Lord Shin. Lord Shin also uh, uh, Co- Costas Mandalore, I think his name is. Uh, his the actress Costas Mandalore. Uh, that seems to be what that I'm reading. That sounds here. like the name of one of the Mandalores from, like, old Star Wars legends, you know? Like, oh, the Costas Mandalore once tried to kill the Jedi. Um, it seems... Well, that is actually his name. It, yeah, it, it seems like, uh, it, it seems like they just kind of, they just kind of focus on, like, a couple of them. Uh, there's, uh, they have insane names, by the way. This guy is in so Excuse much me. shit in post-production. They have pre-production. Like he's in like forty-two movies in the next year. I I don't understand what he's doing. I I've noticed that as well. I, this is the weirdest IMDb page I've ever seen. He has like as many credits in pre-production or post-production as finished. Look, Pose. Someone comes up to Costas at a bar and was like, "Hey, Costas, what are you up to these days?" Oh, I'm just in a couple of things. You know, I'm, I'm doing this thing called Bloodthirst, uh, and then I'm in The Bouncer. Deprivation, Cash Collectors, Adrenaline, Out for Vengeance, The Delano Files, America Trash, The Trouble, Talents of the Phoenix, Brat 3, Dying for a Living! Sorry, that was in all caps. Drug Hunter, <laughs> X, colon, The End Time. <laughs> what I love is clean, but C.L.E.A.N.2. There was a first one, Cash Collectors Volume 2, R.I.O. This is a great name. Bat out for vengeance too. Back to revenge. <laughs> That's it. That is whoever made that title. That motherfucker deserves a raise. Are you not going to comment on Cash Collectors Volume Two? Call it ROI. <laughs> yeah. It is spec to American Trash, which describes this guy's IMDb. Cash Collectors oddly- Volume Three KPI. <laughs> 
<laughs> cash collectors volume two <laughs> cash on delivery um, what's weird is he was apparently in a couple of the saw movies and yeah. the tv show picket fences he's a major <laughs> like at the character same time in the saw he films was yeah in fucking fist of the north star he was in picket fences which is like this like fucking primetime uh like dramedy or dramedy or drama sort of thing I when really I weird. when I first saw this guy, I thought he was what's it, the guy who plays like Raiden in Mortal Kombat. That's who I thought he was. You thought that was uh, Christopher Lambert? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you get the fuck out of here. I did. Like, I didn't have Lambert's specific, not an accent from a country, just some sort of weird voice. Um. Uh. But the 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 the, the recurring like henchman so many souls go ahead uh is is like uh, the 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 big guy with the missing eye which is sandman um uh uh jackal which apparently is chris pan's name i don't know why Mm -hmm. he was cast for this like the cast it is it it felt like the studio was like we have contracts with these people yeah they have to appear in 20 movies because the other guys you want the other guys kind of make sense. Like, uh, 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 Andre Ro- Rosie Brown, who played Sandman, who was, like, the big African-American guy with, like, the missing eye. Like, he fit in perfectly. You know, there, there's, like, a there's like a Mad Max zone. Like, there's, like, a giant bald guy with a goatee and, like, a furrowed brow. And then there was, uh, uh, like, that, like, that big, like, uh, there's, like, a giant guy. He was, like, seven feet tall and had a big mace, you know? They all... Yeah perfectly there's a guy with a handlebar mustache whose head explodes these are all exactly what if you were hosting a, a casting session for like wasteland villains these guys would all land and clint howard despite not having an imposing physique also fits because he's great at playing sort of like a weasley character he's got sort of that you know sharp features he plays a good character like that whenever he shows up um you know in the strangest he always places. feels like he should just be like a, always playing a guy who's in the mafia but but chris penn just looks That's like I mean, chris penn sorry yeah chris penn looks like he should either be in just mafia movies or he should be selling you a used car like he does not yeah. belong anywhere and then when you wrap him in what was there is a character from uh fist of the north star who has like that he's like a metal cage on his face like to try and keep his like head together from and he has like tubes and stuff like basically he was like nearly killed by kenshiro and so he's able to sort of like still be alive because of all that. But th- their version of that was just like electrical tape. <laughs> their version of that was like somebody who wanted to get into SNM, but was like, this stuff's really expensive. Let me try. <laughs> it's like, it's just like somebody bought a bunch of tiny belts and just wrapped them around their head. It, yeah. It's a terrible costume. I mean, you're not wrong. It looks exactly like a Halloween costume. And, like, uh, half of the actors just look like uh, they went to the makeup booth, and they are like, what should we do for this guy? And they're like, can you make a guy's head look like a scrotum? And they were like, yeah. Yeah, we can. And they were like, give me six of them. Because everybody <laughs> sort of just has, like, a ball sack head. It's very weird. Yeah. It, 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 it's so strange. Also, I didn't realize this because none of their names are ever said. Uh, well, except for Jackal. He Jackal's, says his name 28 times in the Jackal's last said. But Clint Howard is... <laughs> henchman name is stalin yeah i don't remember them ever saying that out loud well here's I, a weird thing uh tracy walter the guy from the conan movies who's in the very beginning uh, he's the guy who has like the radio shack thing yeah his character's name is paul mccarthy what not paul mccartney paul mccarthy why give him a name well 
They never say it out loud. I don't, I don't understand. Also, I was wrong. It's Mario Van Peoples' dad who is in this, uh, Melvin Van Peoples. It's just, and for some reason, like I said, downtown Julie Brown, who if you don't know who that is, because she might have been maybe a little too early for you, she used to be on MTV. She was like a VJ. And, like, this is what she decided to do when she went into acting. I, I don't have... She decided to be in Fist of the North Star. I don't have any answers for you. <laughs> and to play a character who mainly just says, yeah, do that. Yeah. there, there that's it. There is no one of interest. It, it is Kenshiro who just scowls. It is... And uh, cannot... Act. I mean, here was the main thing I thought about. His name, Gary Daniels, which is a pretty generic name for a pretty generic guy. He cannot act. And he's not that great at martial arts so it was a weird casting choice because you know what i mean like when you watch a jean-claude van damme movie you're like this guy can't really act and he doesn't speak english very well but you're like shit look at them buns when he does those splits like i get why they cast him for the buns just the buns but this guy was like i mean he was ripped but he wasn't good you know what i mean yeah he's not a good actor and he didn't seem like he knew martial he seemed like he knew stage fighting it's just not the same as martial arts. Gary Daniels, um, you know, has 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 good uh, has has the chops. Like he has like the training and background to be a good martial artist on film. And I don't know if he was just new here or if this was just so badly scripted and choreographed. You well, know what the I mean? thing I noticed was uh, whoever the director was was like, "I'm gonna film you guys like fucking Mortal Kombat from the side," and they were like, "You can't." really do that because we're not actually going to kick each other in the face because that hurts really bad i'm going to miss his face and from the side you're going to notice that i'm missing his face and he was like it's cool there's so many shots where one of them punches or like kicks and it's so clear it connects to no one and the dude just flies off camera like whoever filmed it he just didn't know how to film fight choreography i guess because it just made it look even worse as it went on you know what i mean because like i I was just so bad and then the final fight scene is just i don't know it's it was sort of like you know watching a ufc fight where you're like this is gonna be off without like this guy knows muay thai and this other guy's like you know knows krav maga and they're and then it's just they're just like rolling on the round ground trying to like suffocate each other with their thighs and you're like oh this isn't as cool as i thought it was gonna be yeah without question they the fights went so catastrophically downhill um, like it really does begin with with at least the fun FX, VFX, practical VFX, which I always appreciate, um, and then it, it descends into only a little bit of the VFX stuff. Occasionally, had they stuck with that opening fight scene where everybody he punched like exploded or something, hundred percent. Even though it's not like a an interesting fight scene, that shit was interesting enough that I was like, the final yes. fight scene is is Gary Daniels in what is most most determinantly uh, demonstrably a downtown marriott lobby um, yes and uh, he's wearing what appears to be like chinos in a vest because to be clear the like main, it's not the, it's not the a main, look the main villain is sitting on a throne in a elevator bank in the lobby of a hotel is <laughs> as far as i can tell and there is no like oh there's this whole like base that like he has to rally up the people you know, of this, of Paradise Valley to, like, help him get in 
No, he just sort of, like, comes in the front door and fights what appears to be six guys. Yeah, and he, the, I mean, the place this guy is at looks like uh, Mega City 1 in Dread. There's, like, skyscrapers and a big wall around it. How did he get in? Yeah, it, it looks like and an like, entire... Did, like, if you're going to do this... They keep talking about this city of, like, the South Cross and as if it's this giant civilization. But, yeah, he, he walks up to... The they showed a couple oh. of times, like, from, like, an establishing shot, and it looks like it's just New York with a wall around it. Yeah, but he he want like and then they just cut from that shot to him going into the lobby doors. Which and I mean then what's crazy is is like uh which you found out in research, but like obviously in the anime he does a lot of Bruce Lee, you know, wah stuff. So yeah. if you're going to have a guy have to walk up a tower and there's still like 45 minutes left of the movie, how do you not have it be game of death? And he has to fight his way up. Like, give me Raid the Redemption. Give me any movie that knocked off Game of Death since it was released. Like, it was so bizarre. He doesn't do that. He literally just walks down a hallway and punches. Sometimes what I think is just the same guy in a different outfit. Uh, and he falls over. And then he gets to, like you said, the lobby of, like, a a mall or something. And it's just like, all right, let's fight. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And then they have a really boring fight in which we see him use his special southern cross power, which is just, like, blood squirts out of you from your joints. Yeah. Like, exactly. And like, it doesn't kill Kinshiro because... The Game of Death reference is extremely important, is extremely relevant, too, because, um, you know, like, a lot of the... the, the... The creators admitted that, like, their their major motifs for Fist of the North Star, and this is exactly what it is if you look it up, is is just Mad Max, you know, Game of Death, and like, uh, uh, and like Blade Runner, just like a mix of just sort of like dystopian, sci-fi, but with like lots of like of of like quick, powerful punches and sweeping kicks. Um, but you're totally right because I I think of like, uh, you've ever seen the the Protector, Tony Jaa? Like he yes, has, I have. It's like a nine-minute staircase fight, you know. And I know yeah, that this yeah. is low, this is lower budget, but you can just reuse some of the four or five guys that you have to go through a couple of rooms with some good fights. Especially if you know, again, like we mentioned earlier, and I hate to harp on it, that they just sort of like explode in blood off screen or some shit. Like, there's so many ways to have made this I, amusing. I'd also argue. That I bet you this movie cost as much as The Protector because that was made in Indonesia. So I can't. It's a good point. It. But the thing point. that got me was like, usually in a movie like this, like if you watch the original um, Mortal Kombat, a lot of those people are not like actors. They're stunt people who were cast because they knew how to fight. So when they have a fight, it's actual people who know how to like not not have been taught stage fighting, but know like actual martial arts, and are, and then use that to choreograph a fight scene, like Jackie Chan or like you said Tony Jaa, or you know like people who know how to fight, then creating a choreographed fight scene. And so you you forgive the fact that they can't act necessarily because you're like it's fine, whatever. I'm not here to see you know I'm not here to watch Jackie Chan as like an out of work businessman who's like dealing with his divorce and maybe losing custody of his kids. I'm looking to see him, you know, do a stunt in which he's probably going to rack himself once in the groin and we get to see it in the bloopers. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what th this movie is like. These people can't act, but they also don't seem to be that great. I mean, they're better than I am at martial arts, obviously, but like the fight scenes were so generic that it was just, and since they took away the people exploding, it was a real disappointment. Yeah, it it is a powerfully rough movie to sit down and watch. Uh, you, you know, if they had just 
leaned into trying to recreate the absurdity of the i don't think you could that's not what i'm saying but well, if, but if, they did if, that first scene had they just continued that on i think maybe it if worked. they had tried with you know ridiculously like 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 tough spoken dialogue um exploding people and like ridiculous colorful costumes like even if it was low budget, this movie would profoundly amuse me. Like, if that was what they attempted to do. Yeah, that's all I was looking for. There's only, like, a couple of really great moments. That first fight scene, the scene where Malcolm McDowell just yells, Kinshiro! And then appears as a mummy. Yeah, pretty confusing. Which felt very weird. Those were, like, the only two scenes where I was like, yes, please. Uh, the rest of the movie, the re- and as it went on... The longer it went on, the less seemed to happen, which is a weird thing for a movie. Usually these kind of movies are just, you know, a drag for the first 40 minutes where they're trying to explain what's being set up. And you're like, all right, well, just get to the point where he has to fight his way up this tower. And I'm going to see three cool fight scenes with a little bit of story in between. But instead, this movie's like really kind of an interesting opening, really boring middle, and then super boring ending yeah yeah absolutely and and uh i i just i don't know what led them to i mean i guess i guess an attempt to make money but this movie i mean they didn't even release it in theaters ultimately like 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 when it was first test screened they immediately went dvd only and, and and sent a japanese dub to japan and that was end of end of story raps on that uh, which is a shame because, you know, I'm not a huge anime guy, but Fist of the North Star, as we said on the top of the episode, big, big fucking deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. It it was just a very bizarre, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess in a way, equally as bizarre as the live action Ghost in the Shell we did. You know, just odd anime reboots full of white people. But it is just a, I don't know. It was a, it was just a really bizarre movie. <laughs> I don't even really know how to describe it. It was just so weird. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else in your notes? Uh, no. I mean, I I I have limited things to say about this movie because it this movie did not attempt to give me anything to work with. the The entire center of the movie is basically just, and I, I kind of joked a little bit about this before, but it's very honest. It it just feels like footage they edit out of Waterworld. You know yeah, what I mean? It, it is. It is nothing. Not like I said. They take ten full minutes showing these guys attack a town, and it's really just them pushing people over. Nothing really happens, and so you're just like, I don't really care. Like, why am I watching this? And why is it so long? And um, oh, you can skip like thirty seconds. Oh, of the end of every scene because it's just a person looking off in the distance. Uh, there was something I did want to mention, which is in the final fight scene. Uh, at one point the bad guy whose name i've already forgotten lord shin kicks uh Kinshiro onto the ground and then runs up and just fucking stomps on his balls <laughs> did you did you notice that i was like wow i've never actually seen that in a fight scene like he's on the ground and he there just are and he just cracks him right and he's like oh and like it's rolling around and i was like that's ballsy, man. Pun intended. To be like, finally, somebody put it. If somebody's on the ground, you'd be like, "Oh, you know, I'm stomping some set. That's how I'm gonna get the upper hands." There are possibly like six or seven groin kicks in this movie. Like the main villain 
kicks him in the groin, and then the main hero kicks the villain in the groin. Like, I, it is strange. And, it, it, you know, it's the flashback. Uh, Shin kicks Kenshiro in the crotch, and he... Yes. He, and he drops with a face as if he's saying, oh no, my one weakness. <laughs> Which swift, I feel like maybe a swift it is. kick maybe to my balls. Only yeah, a swift kick to my balls. That's all I need to know. I'm down. I can live through anything, just not ball stuff. My, my last note is, um, you know, this movie is supposed to represent these, that the, the, the South Cross people are cruel, vicious people that behave like tyrants and like Vikings and, and quite literally rapaging, raping and pillaging. Um, if you're going to have them do that, that's rough, you know, for an audience to sit down for. Uh, nobody wants to see that. But um, here's a tip. Just, you know, content creator to director, don't give the rapist a catchphrase. Perhaps he shouldn't well, say... Perhaps, perhaps... Perhaps Sean Penn's brother shouldn't say it ain't easy being sleazy as he goes in to rape someone. <laughs> Perhaps he shouldn't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Okay. Just, Hold just, on. Just, just a let thought. Me cross off. Let me, let me remove the next t-shirt design I had. <laughs> just, I did also find it insane that at the end, uh, when the when Kinshira's coming up, the Lord Shin sends the woman who he's trying to get to fall in love with him down into like the works of the building with a man who's like i'm gonna rape you it's like um i think you're just supposed to keep her down here so kenshiro wouldn't see her i don't think the boss wants you to like assault her i feel like you're gonna die after this it was a very weird scene you know what i mean because it just felt so out of nowhere uh, motivation motivations throughout this this movie are extremely unclear <laughs> So much of this movie is unclear. Except for one thing, Ben. Do you know what that is? What? It is easy being sleazy. I don't... I don't want this anymore. Top-selling t-shirt. <laughs>